Shut Up and Invest. And welcome back to another episode of Shut Up and Invest with my host of the well, cult. Damn, I'm rusty. But <laughs> the co-host with the most, Jay Money. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Hey. You were on vacation. I was on vacation. We I haven't feel. done that in like a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can see. <laughs> How's it going, man? I'm glad to be back. It took a little bit of time off. I had to go up to Pennsylvania, take care of some deals. Yeah, how did um, that go? It was good, man. It was good. I took care of some deals, ran a bunch of seller appointments when I was there, did some checkup on the house that we're rehabbing right now. You know, then, of course, got to see family and friends and my best, one of my best friend's daughter, had a graduation party from high school, so nice. that happened at the same time. So it was a good trip. Business and family, you know. You remember when we used to have graduation parties from high school? Yeah, that was Now you're talking years, about your friend's ago, daughters man. are having that's crazy. Them. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> We're getting old. Man, I, I, met, I, I met with some friends that I haven't seen since I graduated high school. It was 98. It's literally been 20 years since we've actually, you know, sat and talked in person. So 20 years. That goes by crazy, crazy fast. Yeah, crazy fast. So. All right, well, let's not make this depressing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 40's new 20, right? We, we're good. <laughs> That's what you're saying when you're 40. Yeah, exactly. I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how did that deal go with the ones that we booked, uh, that we made the calls before you left? Yeah, so we the one that you booked. Um, the Spanish guy? The Spanish guy, yep. So we had a deal where... Uh, Kevin kind of took the reins. He spoke Spanish. I actually mailed the guy. The guy was mad cool. Um, he was fixing the house up when I went there. And, you know, he's fixing up. He, he actually wants the house for a rental property. He would sell it, but not for a price that makes sense for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, he lives in Jersey, though. So he lives in Jersey. He's like six in Jersey, about like four in Harrisburg. So Damn. you see that a lot. I mean, Harrisburg, like I said before, is situated very close to New York, Philadelphia, Jersey, Baltimore. You get a lot of out-of-state guys coming by stuff up there. So I met him. Nice guy. He asked where you were at because he, he speaks very little English, but <laughs> we got to meet real quick and talk. And actually, I'm I'm looking for some stuff for him. He's right, that's what I'm saying. Can so, we flip him yeah, as a buyer? So now, he's actually a buyer now more than a seller that we'll deal with. Perfect. So, that's perfect. And we'll talk about what that actually means in a second. Definitely. Then the other one that you booked, I think, live. Uh, didn't we do a show where you were talking? I did book another one. Oh, the one with the, the house was burned down. Yes, I went and saw that house. So, the house that I went up there to rehab to work, you know, check on the rehab was a firehouse too, but it wasn't that bad. This house, I got to the building and I could see from the front to the back straight through. So, really? Yeah, it was a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked to her again yesterday. I followed up. I mean, he followed up. She said she wants three grand from for it. I just don't know if I feel like even dealing with it. No, tell her that <laughs> she needs the, to give you three grand to take the headache off her plate. Exactly. That's the next point, so... You know, when I call her back, say, look. What's the ARV on that one? Or after repair value? After repair value fixed up, that house is probably worth, you know, 60000 So, I mean, there's yeah, there's some value there. Right now, you know how it is when you have stuff going on, you just want to know, do you want to take on another project? Like, sometimes... Because that, what? Oh, that's a whole tear down and build up? If it's that, is it that bad? I think you can salvage, I mean, but the top floor, the roof, Everything the, the joists, all that, it's still there, but, like, you can see holes through it, so... I mean, you gotta re, you gotta you're gonna have to deal with inspectors who tell you to reframe the whole roof, reframe the whole top floor, and it's one that if we were to pick up, maybe we pick it up and hold on to it for a minute, or like you said, hey, we'll take it off your hands, you know, because you're gonna end up losing it anyway. She has no insurance in the house, so like she's getting, you know, she got nothing for that. Um, so right now she's just kind of open, like, hey, what can what can I do? And I could probably talk to her, and just say, hey, give it to me. She'd probably be down with it. Um, again, no insurance in the home at all. House caught on fire. 
Doesn't yeah, she's stuck. She's stuck with it. What do you think uh, to get it back? Did you even do numbers on it? To get to it back? To rehab it? Yeah. I'm estimating probably 40, 45. This is in Harrisburg? This is in Harrisburg, yeah. I'm estimating probably 40, 45. Right. The actual house, I mean, the house itself is in a decent, like, nice little area um, in the city. So, I mean, you could definitely. And only worth 60. Probably more 60, yeah, 665. So that's why, yeah. I mean, it's something to take on the headache of doing the job is really worth it, you know? Yeah, like no, when you not. have, when no. we see so many deals coming across our desk, you got to kind of value what's worth it and what's not. And that one to me. Right. Unless you partner with a contractor that wants to go in there with you, and then now you guys can do get it. it done for half. Mm-hmm. If you can get it done for 30 and it's worth 60. It makes sense. Yeah, it's three. It's a three bedroom. I mean, you can basically make it a Cash four flow. bedroom if you want to after it's already the way it is. So. True. You know, good cash flow. If if I had someone who said, "Hey, we'll do the rehab," you know, we'll buy it. That might make sense for sure. I would shop it like that. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that. We'll, we'll follow up with her on Monday, and then maybe you guys will hear about that one. But I did get a beautiful, a beautiful house under contract up there, man. Like um, this actually was a Facebook lead from last year, from like last November, and I've been just trying to. I've been you know hitting her up every other week, you know, just saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Her mom was kind of sick. They moved their mom out, and there's only two daughters um, who are basically kind of handling her mom's affairs. Mm-hmm. And I finally got to the house, and this house, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for original woodwork, you know? And I walked through the doors, just wood trim, wood floors, fireplace, you know, I'm already You like saying. that country feel? Like that old school? It's not, it's not country. Not country. Like, like a country like, home? Like the, like the old school, original, dark wood, you know, oh, okay. not the country. I don't like the country stuff. Like that the, cabin vibe a little bit. A little bit more like Remember, the I'm historic. from Miami, bro. Yeah, I know. You, you, don't, know, that, you don't know what country I know. or cabin. It's, it's not country. <laughs> it's historical. Got let's it. say that. Let's say the word historical, right? So the, still the funny country. thing is this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not country. <laughs> We're not talking about naughty pine wood. <laughs> We're talking about dark cherry wood. <laughs> but that's, I mean, in Miami, you don't see that. So you're Listen, right. we work very simple. It's either deco <laughs> or beach house. Modern style a little bit, yeah. That's nah, pretty much little, it. Yeah, not even that much, but so no, this house had all the original woodwork in it. And like you'll see, especially you know, up north or in older neighborhoods where these homes were built in the twenties, thirties, forties, they're built so much better than homes are built now. Mm-hmm. And they have this beautiful woodwork, but you'll see them being painted over. And I hate that. Like this was a natural original form. And I just fall in love with that stuff. So I'm ready to pay like ten, twelve, even fifteen thousand for the house, but I never see my price first, you know. Found out what she wanted, end up she wanted forty five hundred dollars for the so, house. For the house, for forty five hundred bucks, five bedroom, two bed. You need a private lender on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the interest is going to be as much as the house, <laughs> and, and it's worth how much? Oh, that thing fixed up is probably worth sixty five. And, and why is why is that much? It needs a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it needs a roof. It's been neglected, and they they, they just can't do it. What uh, about thirty? You need to put about, about 30 20, into 25. 25 yeah. into it. About 25 into it. And you bought it for 4500 so you'll be in it for 30 and it's worth 60 to 65 mm-hmm. And we're not even going to wholesale that. I want to keep that. You know, keep that as a rent. I'll probably rent for 1000 bucks a month. Yeah. No. These are the deals, guys. These are the deals that we're actually going to be talking about. Wholesaling and keeping deals and what the differences are. That's actually the premise of the show. Um, we did start off, we mentioned terms like ARV, you know, we've talked about it a little bit on previous shows, but ARV means after repair value. Mm-hmm. So when we're picking up a house that, for example, you just broke down, that's in bad condition right now, it's probably worth 
you know, I mean, she sold it for forty five hundred, but it might be worth as is what about about twenty twenty. Yeah, and she was just motivated to just get she out. Motivated to get out of it. She's just tired of it, you know. And then you know, as is value actually is more like. I mean, you can go look at it, but that's always more of what an investor is going to pay for it as is, you know? Right. Does so, she live in the property or no? It's vacant. Oh, okay. So vacant. she just wants to get yeah. rid of it. It's been vacant. They want a little bit of money, you know, and cover the taxes. We're taking the taxes on too. So basically, again, it's a deal where they owe one year taxes, probably 1500 bucks. Right. So it'll probably be six grand all six in. Six grand all in. You know? So terms like that of buy and hold or wholesaling an ARV, we're going to kind of break it down here and actually really focus on the wholesaling side of it because that's where, if you guys have heard, getting into real estate with no money down and being able to make money as an investor without having any credit or having any money down, nine out of 10 times they're really focusing on what the wholesaling side of the business is. They are, especially nowadays. I mean, back in the day, you could get those no money down loans maybe for a house to fix up. And now when you're talking about no money down and I don't even like saying no money down because there's a little bit of money either through gas for driving for dollars or something, but it's usually when you're wholesaling. Um, I mean, I had a friend ask me just yesterday, what exactly is wholesaling? So, I mean, it's still, we hear about it a lot, but the average person still doesn't know what it is. Right. I mean, at the most basic concept, think about anything you buy for a wholesale discount. So if you're buying a T-shirt at a wholesale discount for $10, you could technically resell it at whatever the retail value is in the store, which is $25, for example. Mm -hmm. So when you're wholesaling real estate is exactly that concept. There's the retail or AKA market value, whatever it would sell at the market when you list it with a realtor. And usually that has to be in pretty decent condition nine out of 10 times Mm -hmm. to get top dollar for it. Or if not, you put it out there at a discount, which technically is at a wholesale price. price. And then an investor is willing to buy it, put in the work, put in, like you said, this lady wasn't able to do the work. She had it vacant. Mm -hmm. So she sold that at a wholesale price at $4,500. Yeah. Like, the thing that you said is key. You can wholesale anything, you know? Wholesaling is just a basic type of transaction, you know? There's wholesale bulk food stores. There's wholesale, you know, if you want to buy a thousand t-shirts, you can get them at a cheaper price if you just buy one. So, right. you know, we're just finding a, we're just finding an asset, usually a distressed asset, but not always, but we're finding an asset at a price that's below the market value, and then we get it on the contract and do the next steps. So, right. Now, if you are what, People call a wholesaler. Why don't you break down what that aspect of, I guess, like you're not a realtor, you're a wholesaler. What the difference is between a realtor and a wholesaler and then an investor. Got it. So first of all, a realtor, um, which I am, I'm a broker. If I come to you, let's say Kevin's going to sell his house. I'm coming to approach him to list his house, right? That's to get a contract to list it for sale for a commission. Usually 6% split between me and the buyer's agent. Right. So my only intention usually is to just list this house. So let's say he's selling a house for a hundred thousand dollars. We do a six percent listing. If I didn't sell that house on the MLS, we're gonna put on the MLS and someone else brings a buyer, I'll walk away with three thousand dollars after the whole deal's done. Right. right. So that's the realtor side. The realtor side is you're just getting a contract to list the home, which means I'm allowed to market the home on the MLS. Anywhere else I want to market it. Park, uh, uh, break down what the MLS is for people that don't know. MLS means multiple listing service, which means in every region of every state, right? So like Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, right? They have one MLS, which means these 
regions have agreed to allow you to list homes for realtors to list homes on a website, right? Where every other realtor can see the house. Right. So it's so, like a directory of all the houses that are for sale. Exactly. And, you know, MLS, you know, usually, even to this day, the, mo- the most eyes will be seen if a house is on MLS because you have basically, I can put the house with MLS as a listing agent. And then use whatever is it thirteen thousand agents or whatever there is down probably more, <laughs> however many agents there are, I, I get to list that house and all their eyeballs see it and all their buyers see it. Right. right, and the system emails the buyers because you put them in the system and it's kind of this nice automated system where you just put it in there and right. go find the next one. Right. And know? there are some houses that it is as simple as putting it up there. Mm-hmm. It's a hot deal in a hot place and it's sold in a couple of days. Definitely, definitely. Is. Right. So that's the realtors and listing. When you're coming as a wholesaler, um, basically what you're doing is you first thing you're doing is you're looking for homes that are off market, right? If they're listing them, unless they're an on market home, you really can't. You can wholesale on market homes, but you really can't approach a homeowner if it's listed already trying to wholesale their house, right? So we're approaching this house as a buyer investor looking to buy the property, right? And then our main goal is to tie that property up under contract. Right for a price that we believe is less than what we can sell it for, we're going to then take that contract and market that contract to assign that contract to another buyer. So again, Kevin has a house for a hundred, you know, that he thinks, hey, my house is worth a hundred grand on MLS. The way I approach it is, I go to him like this: Okay, I'm going to give you an all cash offer. I'm going to buy the house as is. You're going to pay no closing costs, no commissions, no fees. Right. So we're going to we're going to give you a built-in saving already. Because at 100 grand, let's take away 10% for commissions and closing costs, you're only gonna walk away with 90 grand, right? So, what we would approach them like say, hey, we'll give you an offer for 70,000. That's gonna save you the time of a realtor, that's gonna save you the time of a ton of showings, that's gonna save you the time of a bunch of fees, you know. Plus the cost that it takes for you to keep that house for the next two, three, four months while you're trying to when sell you're trying it. To sell it, right? So, my thing is, I'll pay you $70,000 cash, close in whatever time fits them, and we'll do it as is. <clears throat> they agree to that. We then sign a contract between me, the, the wholesale buyer, and you, the seller. The key to our contract is we always stay in our contract that our contract is assignable to another buyer, right? That's the main key because your main goal is you then want to assign that contract, which means basically the transfer, right? All you're, the terms of that contract. flipping the contract versus flipping the house. Exactly. Flipping the house means you go in there, you do the renovation, you do the work, you do everything, and then try to sell it on market, top dollar, ARV after repair value mm-hmm. and try to make the most and you're now the actual renovation investor flipper. And the, the biggest difference is you actually have a lot of your money invested into that property. Right. Right. When you wholesale, we don't have any money invested into the property. We never buy the property. Right. The money that's in the property, which I tell everybody is the money I put for my marketing to run my business. But I didn't go pay for that property. Right. And we'll get into the wholesaler first, you know, investor thing. Right. But so you have it under contract. Like for example, let's say this lady, who people don't think when you, somebody says, "Oh, it's, you could get ninety if you sell it for retail after expenses," but I'll give you seventy. A lot of people say, "Well, who the heck would still take seventy thousand dollars?" <laughs> but let's just take the story that you started off with. You have someone that's had the property vacant, mm-hmm. doesn't live there, mm-hmm. doesn't have the money to fix it up doesn't want to go through the headaches and let it go for $4,500. You can now turn that around and wholesale it as a wholesaler if you wanted to 
to someone that flips properties exactly. and does the renovation and is going to put the $25,000 into it of their own money to renovate it. And you could flip it to, you could flip that opportunity, flip that contract as a wholesaler to them easily for another, let's say, 10, 15,000. So, yeah, I could probably definitely sell that. I mean, 15,000 all day long, I could wholesale it for, you know, probably 20,000, definitely. Because basically, their numbers would still work for what they're trying to do, you know, at the fifteen twenty thousand dollars purchase price. Um, so that's what we're basically doing. We're basically taking that contract because there's different investors, right? There's investors who don't do wholesaling at all. They're just, they're just buy rehab and flip guys who, you know, we find deals for and sell it to them. There's also buy and hold investors who just buy homes for rentals. Right. And most of those guys aren't wholesaling. There's a, there's a, there's a contingent of people who wholesale, you know, consistently and then they're providing deals for other investors to do what they want to do with it. And here's why. Let's break down. For example, how did you get that deal? I like got that literally deal. from scratch, from start to finish. Got it. So I got that deal by pulling a list in a certain neighborhood, right? I pulled a list of non-owner occupant, high equity homes. That means non-owner occupant means the homeowner does not live in the house anymore. They mm-hmm. live somewhere else, right? High equity means when I pull a list, I usually go 30, I go 30% <clears throat> or less um, loan to value, which means let's say that the house they got the mortgage for hundred grand ten years ago. They owe no more than thirty thousand on it because we want a house with equity in it, mm-hmm. right? And then I spent the specific area that I was looking for a zip code, right? Equity means profit margin, basically, like how much money you can make if you were to if sell. You were to sell it exactly. So that's the first thing. I'm pulling this list. I get that list together, right? Then I market sell. You list. paid for that list. I by paid the for way, that list. Right? Yes. So I'm that just not free. I'm trying to point out how <laughs> someone not, who does yes. renovations, investors, or or someone who wants to be a landlord, they don't want to go get that list. They don't want to pay for that list. Then after they pay for that list, what do you do next? Then I market that list, right? I did direct mail to the list, which is another cost. You have to put cost. the direct mail campaign, which means you sent out postcards. Sent out postcards to the whole list, which means. You know, most instances you're paying about forty cents a postcard. You know, so that could be whatever it is. Four hundred bucks for every thousand postcards you send out. Mm-hmm. You're doing that, but we're not just direct mailing. We're doing direct mail. Then we're skip tracing the list. Skip trace is, means we're going to uh, use that list through a database or a skip trace company, who then will give us the phone numbers for the homeowners' phone numbers and sometimes emails too. Right? That's the cost of usually thirty cents, twenty-five to thirty cents per thousand. So you already see there's money involved in the deal. Right. Right. Then um with we, no guarantee. With no guarantee, nothing. Right. right. We might we might put all this money into this deal, mail it out, call it, you know, PPC and get nothing back from it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens all the time. Um, a lot of people stop wholesaling because that's what happens. They get into it, they put some money up for like maybe a month, nothing happens, and they stop. Mm-hmm. So and then we also ran PPC ads or Facebook ads to look for the buyer. We actually found this seller. Through a Facebook ad, but I mean, that was we hit them up four or five different ways, you know. Right. So we probably had about a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks in marketing costs and pulling the list, um, just to be able to hit that buyer and get their attention. On top of our daily expenses of running the business, you know, of our phone systems and our CRM. So there's costs that we're putting involved in here just to go find these people that the average flipper is not going to do. Right. He so the w- other side of the investment is the guy who wants to either be a landlord or the guy that wants to fix it up and flip it, but they don't want to do any of the marketing and sales to find the opportunity. They want to work with a wholesaler Mm -hmm. or a realtor, whoever Mm -hmm. brings them the best possible deal, 
But usually the realtor is so busy nine out of 10 times dealing with regular people that want to buy a house or rent a house. And they haven't learned this side of the game until they listen to our show and come hang out with us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and nine out of 10 times, the one that has the best possible deal is the person that did what you did and found the $4,500 deal. Definitely. That now you can sell to them for 20 grand. Another thing too, especially if you're a fix and flip investor, there's so much more value in me bringing you a deal that's not been on the MLS already. Right. Because it's out there. You know, there are still good deals in MLS that you can buy to fix and flip. But there's also the fact that it's been on MLS for a certain price. And then when you list it to, to sell it, every agent, this is what they do. Oh, that house was just on MLS for 50 grand less, you know, three, three, four months ago. So when you're bringing off-market deals, there's a lot more value to that. So that's why anybody, anybody who's, who's a serious investor or, or um, fix and flip or, run, you know, they're looking for off-market deals first. Right. That's what they want. Now... We'll end the show with this one because then we'll break down the next um, show. Kind of our philosophy of don't just be a wholesaler, but definitely wholesale. Mm -hmm. But on this one, because I think we kind of broke down what wholesaling is perfectly. What's the biggest payout you've made on a wholesale deal? Man, I'm trying to think right now. Well, actually, last year we made, I think we made... Fifty sixty six thousand on a deal last year, and it wholesaling was, it, wholesaling it, it was a package. So one seller, it was actually three sellers. One seller got our postcard in the mail. He owned two multi units, and then the two next to him were owned by two other guys. And all three of the guys were like, he was like, "Look, I know if I sell these, the two guys will sell." We actually packaged the whole deal, even with all the three sellers together. We packaged it. I got it for a price. I found two buyers for a total. Wholesale it. So no, I never bought the deal. No money in my pocket. Got under contract the whole deal and wholesale the deal off to two different investors. On it was five different multi units and made sixty six thousand dollars. Didn't pick up the hammer. Didn't pick up the hammer. I didn't double close. I didn't have to do any transactional funding. You know, I didn't do anything but but tie it up. Know what the value is or what I think I could sell it for. And get under contract. The contract. And flip the contract. Assign the contract. Assign made sixty six thousand dollars. Now. The double closing, all those things. Yeah, we'll talk we'll about that on when we get into private money. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that episode. But to give you an idea, you don't have to be an expert in how to renovate houses to be able to make money. You don't have to be a landlord to be able to make money in real estate. Wholesaling definitely is a great way to get in. And it's definitely something to have in your tool belt. Definitely. You want to use it. Like we keep saying, use everything you can. But wholesaling is a way to get in now because honestly, if you're driving around your neighborhood every day, find a house that looks run down, try to figure out who owns it, contact the seller. If you get that lead, you possibly have a wholesale deal. It's, I mean, it's that easy. <laughs> it's hey, that easy. If you guys got more questions, go to shutupandinvest.com, reach out to us, and we'd be happy to answer them. Hit us up in the DMs too on the social media. We've been getting those been getting already. Those. We're definitely that. here yeah, to help out and And uh, let's do some deals together. Shut up and invest. Here we go. We're out. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.